Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everybody. This isn't Matt. But this is the Hellby Packers podcast. This is Mark in a closet with no ceiling fan. And I'm not in the car. Ty, are you here? Yes. Okay, good. Matt, you there? I'm here. Okay, so uh, this is delightful. We've established that. Yeah, this is. This feels weird. It's like wearing somebody else's pants. It was really only a couple days. Yeah, there wasn't much to talk about that was going to be really worth recording. I think we all kind of thought. I think let's let's spend 15 seconds on the Cowboys game, and I think Jim sent an email about the game, and we'll let that sum it up. All right. Ready? Yes. Yes. Hey guys. Fuck that. (laughs) <laughs> thanks jim yeah. yeah that's 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 about it oh God, uh, he just should start doing this <laughs> uh i think it just goes to support uh my previously held point that we should not honor brett Favre at halftime Ever. They were saying that on the sports talk radio about around here too. Every time we honor somebody at halftime, we lose a game badly. Yeah, in, in an embar- in embarrassing fashion. Yeah, but we I took I took our mother to the game. Yeah, and, but before we get to that, what is uh, a Hall of Fame okay. ring? By the way, is that even a thing? That's something the Packers just made up so they could have another one of these stupid ceremonies, isn't it? No, that's a thing. <laughs> they have a jacket. So I guess they could have a ring. They already did the jacket. They're going to give a crown out too, maybe. <laughs> Just make him go away. He, he makes Aaron Rodgers nervous and makes him play like shit. And makes the entire team, for some reason, act like they're a high school team. So it needs to stop. Did you guys read that article that was an excerpt from the Gunslinger book? Uh, yeah. I think, well, yeah, I can't remember it now, though. It was a while ago. Or was it the one that just released another one today? I can't remember when it came out, but it was it detailed the relationship between Rogers and Favre. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I read that when I posted it on our uh, Facebook page. Uh, okay. I yeah. don't believe anything anyone has to say about that relationship. That's a weird dynamic. I don't believe either of them because they have reasons one way or the other, and I certainly don't believe someone who's reporting on it because they're just being, at the very best, being told something by one of them. And I think in the case of that book, he had a working relationship with Favre, right? So yeah. I don't really believe. I don't think we'll ever really know what they actually think. I mean, at this point, it's so it doesn't matter. It's so complicated, and it's so so much of it's in the past that, like, who knows? Like, who cares? Yeah, he just needs to stop showing up there. <laughs> yeah, seriously, I think it was within his rights to show up when they unveiled his name. But but that's why, like, the whole thing, it's like, yeah, like, it's happened twice now. And those are two of the worst games we've played in the last two years. Right? Like, those two games and the Broncos game last year are the three worst games that the Packers have had in the last two years. Right? Probably. So, how was Dak Prescott this week? What's that? How was Dak Prescott this week? Was he all pro again? Uh, Mark, you know that they, I'm not prepared. I mean, you had to do the intro oh. for Christ's sakes. Well, you're the you're the guy that watches other games. 
Uh, not anymore. Don't you have a fantasy team? No, I haven't had a football Come fantasy on. team in five, six, seven years. Yeah, no, I haven't had a. I, I stopped playing football fantasy a while ago. It's such a crapshoot. The whole industry is going to shit. I think Dallas had a buy this week. Oh. Um. Yeah, because they're all trying to figure out whether or not um, they're going to bring Romo back to start, which. They're the fucking Cowboys. They make every wrong decision. So, of oh, course, yeah. they're going to bring Romo back to start. Because why wouldn't you want the 35-year-old that's always injured back in charge of your club instead of the absolute com- total stud quarterback uh, who's led them to, like, five victories already? Like, yeah, of course you want the I mean, Like, even if, if Romo's great, he's going to get hurt again. Yeah. Yeah. I you thought look- we were only going to get 15 seconds to the Cowboys. Wow, we went over. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about um, how awesome the pack, the Packers' use of and the performance of Ty Montgomery was on Thursday night. I thought it was good. Uh, a watershed moment in the history of the NFL offenses. I thought it was the best thing that could possibly happen to the Packers. I thought it was a shot in the arm. It was, uh, it was, it was just it was awesome. There's nothing bad to say about it. What do you think, Mark? I can find some bad stuff to say about it. <laughs> but I can also sum it up into one thing, and I, I think it's unsustainable. And I don't think that he will last the season if we keep using him in that fashion. But it was nice to see when he came out in the second half, that first drive, I think it was, was all him, literally all him. And he went the length of the field, if I recall. So... The dude's got game. I would rather see him split out wide and being an awesome wide receiver. But if he's your playmaker and you have nobody else that can play back there, they did what they had to do, I think. I just hope that's not what they have to do every week. And I would say that regardless of the fact that he wears number 88, he had nine catches for 60 yards and 10 or I'm sorry, he had nine rushes for 60 yards and 10 catches for 66 yards, which sounds to me like an excellent stat line for, like, a multi-purpose back. And just because he's wearing number 88, we shouldn't think that he's going to get worn out or beat up easier than many of the multi-purpose backs that have been so good in the league over the years. The guy's like 6'1", 215. He's a solid man. He's a beefcake. And I think we should be focusing on cutting Mason Crosby because he's obviously our problem. Should make him punt. <laughs> <laughs> it bothers your me. Your keep Mason Crosby. Yeah, uh, I'm joking about Mason Crosby. He's one of the best kickers in the league, and he had a bad night. And who cares? Um, and I'm not going to go on the tangent about Josh Brown this time. Uh, but bothers me that I watch college football every weekend when I can, and virtually every punter I see in college football is better than our punter uh, yeah. in in professional football. For an you know, and I forgot about this, but before the game, mm-hmm. they had, they uh, usually do it at halftime, but they did it before the game this time. Um, they have this high school uh, they have high school, local high school quarterbacks come out, mm-hmm. and whichever high school can have the longest reception uh, wins something. I forget what it is. What are they? They just bring out like a quarterback and a receiver. Yeah, quarterback and two receivers, and they kind of switch off. And you know, usually they got some pretty good throws. This this fucking kid from Preble in Green Bay threw it from a twenty and the uh, to the other twenty, and the kid caught it. That's sixty yards. I mean, as a high school kid, he, more than once, uh, you know, did it a couple times, and his kids caught it. And it was, I was like, sign him up to play. Sign both of them up to play. <laughs> well, he wasn't they, punting, though. And then, no, but then I was like, they got a punter. They got a, I was at Bayport High School's homecoming game. They have a punter. He can punt the ball. Well, we had, the, we had last year's all Big Ten punter, didn't we, on our roster, and just cut him, and he went back to the – Bunk beds in his mom's house. His mom's house somewhere. In yeah, Green he's Bay. working at like a BP on on Oneida or something. I don't know. You know, he's too young with too much upside. You can't have that. 
<laughs> well, our punter right now is a rookie or a second-year player. <laughs> the yeah, punter is built fair. like a backstory is not terrible. Good yeah, he's it's built cheap. like a garden gnome. <laughs> Low drag. <laughs> I've never heard the term "built like a garden gnome." That's awesome. It just occurred to me. He's a stubby little fellow. <laughs> but um, anyway, can we agree that the Bears suck? Terrible. Yeah, man. And we can agree that we're out our top three cornerbacks. Yeah. Uh, but hey, we st- we still won, and on a short week, uh, a turnaround like that with the injuries that we had, both our top two running backs are out, top three cornerbacks are out. Everyone tight end is out. Like, you know, showed up, played, got a win. That's good. We you were a couple of close catches from putting the game away for, with Randall Cobb, mm-hmm. really. But really, the first half, despite those, was just pretty brutal to watch. Six to three at halftime, and then a fumble um, right after halftime to give them uh, the lead. Oh, yeah, I know, I know, but. And you know what? We didn't let them score. <laughs> we didn't let them score with their third string quarterback after that. Yeah, after we knocked out their <laughs> second string quarterback, <laughs> the dangerous Brian Hoyer guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Barkley. I mean, he had some really fine throws at USC when you know the Trojans were going six and or like three and six. Um, yeah, uh, I guess that's kind of what we needed. I mean, they're a divisional team. We get to play them twice. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, uh, lots of teams have, we could be in the AFC South, uh, or, uh, AFC Cent, the AFC, yeah, AFC South. Geez, I'm sorry. I, my head is just all over the place. Uh, so, uh, Aaron Rodgers, everybody, uh, on the, on the television broadcast on Thursday night, it was obviously at a meeting at CBS about how they were going to. Uh, kiss his ass. And it got really annoying because Nance and Sims, who are already the worst broadcast team in sports, uh, just were going out of their way to talk about how, oh, it's not his fault. Look at how wonderful he's been, blah, blah. Meanwhile, like the graphics guy is throwing up something that's showing that Rodgers is like, has 20% completion rate over 20 yards or whatever. Like, you know, like all the stats on the screen are going against them, and they're like the old man on their lawn screaming about how stats don't tell the story, and we're watching this game, and now I've discovered it's like they all have the same story. At halftime, the Michael Irvin had the same shit story, or and it was like I guess got sick of it. Like if you've been watching this team all year and last year, uh, Rodgers is missing wide open people, and that doesn't make him. Uh, bad, but it makes him several or, uh, wor- several orders of magnitude worse than he used to be, which takes a toll on the entire team, because the team is built around him. And to me, it's just obvious that he's not as accurate as he used to be, or hasn't been. And they have to fix it somehow, because a guy just doesn't go from being super elite to being average, and then stay average. Like, either it's something in their preparation, or an injury, or something but they have to fix it. And, you know, all this stuff about making up how receivers aren't getting open, it was just really, really bugging me. Um, did you guys see yeah, the same clearly, thing, or am I clearly, crazy? No, well, I, I, mean, there's, I mean, you just watch the game, there's clearly something off about Rodgers. And if something, in most normal places, in a job, in a work environment, anywhere, if something's not working the right way, uh, you have to fix it so it does. You know, like that's a common thing. You know, never Where heard of work. Maybe that's why no. all the businesses have failed. Right? <laughs> Would you guys say that the offense looks uncoordinated? Yeah. <laughs> I thought I, it looked, know, I, I actually I, thought it looked pretty coordinated on, on Thursday. <laughs> like they're doing new things. The Dallas game, yeah. it, it looked like they couldn't get anything together because nobody was executing. Quarterback was throwing inaccurate passes. The receivers weren't catching the passes when they were nearby. Um, the only person that seemed to really be doing anything was the offensive line and Eddie Lacy, but it looked like his leg was broke and he was running out anyway. So, 
obviously that was. It looked like they all had a kegger the night before and didn't know what the hell they were doing. Uh, I don't know. I feel it's tough when you have a team that has skill on defense, uh, but you stop putting the de- the defense in a position to succeed, and yep. like that piles up quick and like it's mental and it's like you're out there constantly, so you're getting tired and stuff like. Uh, and that's what it feels like. Like the, the, um, in the in the in previous games, is we have a good defense and they're healthy this year and they're kind of firing on all cylinders with the exception of all the injuries in the secondary. But like, if the offense just never scores, then what do you what are you doing? Like, you can only hold, keep that for going for so long. Um, so that was that's tough. But as far as coordinated offense, I don't know what Edgar Bennett does. You know, I, it makes you I, wonder because McCarthy is the offensive-minded head coach, so you'd think that he would be pretty hands-on with that. And he's group, calling but. the plays, so he has to have a say, at least, and probably the last word on what plays go into the game plan. Um, you know, what kind of general things, uh, um, what what concepts they're going to try to exploit that week. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. Uh, well, somebody's job there is to turn the offensive players into a cohesive unit and be productive. And uh, they've sucked at that for over a year. And that's kind of been Edgar Bennett's thing. Yeah, but I, I'm not putting it all on him, but geez, man, it's like the talent is there. Somebody has right. to be responsible if the, if the talent's there and it's they're not doing shit. And somebody, I, I mean, somebody's somebody's got a responsibility to help make that happen. And I and I say part of it is. Because of Aaron Rodgers' history and his stature in the league and the game, it's a, it's on him. Excuse me. Like if he's, oh boy, I'm being attacked by wolves. Um, if <laughs> if he is uh, missing open receivers, there's something off in his technique or his preparation or something like that. And if you're Edgar Bennett, you're talking to Aaron Rodgers. What what do you? Aaron, go back there and do some more of that weird drill where you put the ball between your legs like it's a basketball. Like, you know, at some point you have to believe that Aaron Rodgers is doing, you have to let him, give him responsibility and accountability for preparing himself. Yeah. Um, because he is who he is. So, I don't know. And in a game like Thursday night, I mean, we've talked about this, it, it feels like it was kind of a must-win game on a short week. You can't lose to a division rival who's awful when you're at Terrible. home. And so they kind of pulled out all the stops and did a lot of stuff with Montgomery again. Um, you know, thankfully Adams had a big game and, and came through, but they kind of were, you know, especially after Sorry Don Jackson got hurt, we hit, literally didn't have a running back, and they were able to piecemeal some stuff together and score three touchdowns in the second half. So, like, you, you can't do that without being a little bit creative, a little bit innovative, and figuring out new stuff. Um, and maybe it just was that the Bears suck, and so when we we did those shotgun draws into the line, they went for ten yards instead of negative one yard this time. Yeah, <laughs> because they're too <laughs> fast. <that. laughs> I don't know. Well, the, we held them. They scored three points, really. Right. I mean, our defense gave up three points. I guess I should say. So that was impressive. Even if it was a third string quarterback, that's still impressive. I mean, they still there was have, still some mop-up time, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, their team is – go, I was going through their lineups during the game, and I'm like, who are these people? Like, Kadeem Carey, I, I remember him from college. He was at Arizona, and he had a shit ton of yards. He was a good running back, but he's still young and unproven in the NFL. And Alshon Jeffrey is sort of the same sort of deal. Um, but ever, I didn't even recognize these names. Same on defense. It's just like who are they signed Danny? And here's here's why the Bears suck. And here's why it's it's nice to be a Packer fan. So the the Bears in the off season let Marcellus Wallace walk. Um, Marcellus Bennett. Dude. Oh, Marcellus Wallace. What, <laughs> what, does he, what does he look like? What does Marcellus Wallace look like? What does he look like? <laughs> oh man, Sorry. that's funny. That's um, funny. They let um, a few other players walk. Uh, they let uh, Brandon Marshall walk a year or two ago or whatever. So they're kind of in, like, teardown mode. But then at the same time, they keep uh, Cutler, 
and they sign in free agency Danny Trevathan for a ton of money from the Broncos, who's a linebacker who I thought we should have maybe looked into. Like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like, what's your what? What is your plan here? Like, you can't be signing big money free agents and while simultaneously letting your free agents go away. You know, like you can't do both things. And like, it's, there's obviously like a, you know, they're they're playing. They're not, they don't have a cohesive long term structure in place, like there is in Green Bay. And I've talked about before. I think about like it's obvious. We have a plan. We're going to spend money at these positions, and in, and we're going to build through the draft, and the free agency is only when we see extreme opportunities, and then that's when we grab it, and instead of like this piecemeal approach where it's kind of like, can't afford him, that's too much, so let him go, but like we need to fill someone here, so we're going to pay way too much for someone here, like you know this panicky sort of piecemeal approach that you see in teams that are unsuccessful like Chicago. We don't have to worry about that. You know, our issue is more like, oh, we have all these young players. Are we going to be the, you know, why don't we pick up that one key free agent? You know, it's, it's we have much better problems in Green Bay than they do in Chicago. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And for all the frustrations that we have with Mike McCarthy and some of the shotgun draws and some of the play calling and stuff like that, the stability factor outweighs all of it, mm-hmm. honestly. As frustrating as it can be, I do like the fact that we do feel like we have management that is sort of in control, much more so than the rest of the league. Yeah. Yeah. Well, someone has said it like there's so much turnover in coaches because owners overreact because of fan bases or whatever. Like, how many good NFL coaches are there? Like, five, six, seven, you know? Like, it's kind of crazy for a job that's so sought after and pays so much money. And there are so many people in the ladder at various stages of their career throughout high school, college, and the pros that there's only, like, five or six guys that are actually any good at it. And it makes you wonder, like, how many guys are allowed to get good at it? Yeah. You know? It's a different type of job. Like, I was watching the LSU game today, um, yesterday or Saturday, and uh, they have an interim coach in this guy, Eddie Ogeron who has been an interim coach at USC and before that was the head coach at Ole Miss and before that was a longtime assistant in a bunch of places. He has this thick Cajun accent, really super interesting guy, great recruiter. And they're talking about his transition when he came, when he finally got to be a head coach for real at his, the first time, uh, he was still acting like a defensive line coach. So he's running around to all the different positions, like yelling at people, motivating, doing that whole thing. And the team suffered. And he realized, like, you can't, you have to just, it's a totally different skill set from being a assistant coach or coordinator to being the man on top, the head coach that oversees the whole thing. And so, like, you're not even necessarily being trained as you're progressing in your coaching career to be a head coach. Like, you look at how many guys are there. Like, we have Dom Capers. Uh, there's Norv Turner. There's a bunch of other guys who obviously deserved to be elite coordinators of an offense or defense, but were shit as a head coach. You know, they couldn't put the whole thing together. And there's probably 10 of those guys in the league, you know, that are now coordinators and are failed coaches because they just couldn't put the whole thing together. But now you got, you got like Belichick and Carroll um, and uh, maybe people want to put Andy Reid in there just because he's done it for so long in different places. But, like, I can... It's, like, grasping for, like, people who can run an organization. And between Ted Thompson and Mike McCarthy, as much as people want to get on them, and I certainly have had enough of them at various points in their career, like, there's stability, and there's people who can actually run an organization and have in mind what they want to do. Maybe, and it's probably How fortunate are they, too, though? I mean, how fortunate are they to have a situation where the games are sold out for the next hundred years? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, that and, just doesn't exist. And you don't have an owner who's, you know, made a billion dollars because he makes rash decisions, you know? Like, he, yeah. it's not going to be swayed by the fan base or what he's hearing from some guy at the bar who doesn't like him. 
like, who's walking around on the sideline and drafting players. Yeah, <laughs> who appoints himself general manager for his fucking yeah. ego. Yeah, that's fucking madness. Um, it'll, you know, no matter the good thing I know is we have a seven season streak of making the playoffs, which is awesome. It's always fun to go into the postseason. But even if we don't make the playoffs, we can still always count on watching the Vikings and the Cowboys fail. <laughs> which in many ways I was, is more satisfying. <laughs> that does feel good. It does. I was thinking our strength of schedule is probably the only thing that's going to get us into the playoffs this year. Well, let's go through it because things have changed since preseason. And we so next week we, we go to the Falcons, who started off red hot, but now like they just lost to San Diego um, last week. Yeah, uh, at home in Atlanta. I for some reason Matt Ryan is just not scary to me at all. So. I still like our chances. I think even if Sam Shields is playing, Julio Jones is going to get his catches no matter who he's up against. So, uh, you know, it, you want to have better corners in there than the guys we have going in. But mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we won that game because I don't think that Atlanta's for real. Mm-hmm. And they just lost at home, so we'll see. And we got yeah. 10 days, but we still don't have a running back. <laughs> Well, <laughs> and, and we and who knows like our cornerback situation, like uh, all three of those guys. You said Randall had surgery today. Yes, he had groin surgery, so he's out. They estimated four to six weeks potentially. Um, Quentin Rollins has a groin injury too, so who knows what severity is there? And then Sam Shields is on IR, so um, so that's a tough. That's that's yeah. that's. A personnel difficulties at a position where you can't really afford to. It's not like defensive end where you can kind of rotate in the next guy. You know, you know maybe yeah. he's good, maybe he's not, but you need cohesiveness there. You need some sort of. It needs to be tied into the rest of the defense. That's 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 our biggest challenge right now. The you saving know, grace we have is Morgan Burnett, yeah. Clinton Dix, and yeah. Micah Hyde. Yeah. So. If they can bend and not break and keep those guys on the field 95% of the time, mm-hmm. good things, I think, can still happen. Mm-hmm. So we have the Falcons. Then we host the Colts, who are among the worst teams in the league. Yeah, um, I didn't see that happening. That kind of surprised me. Well, yeah. when you look at it, it makes sense. They they are, just like I was saying, they're completely mismanaged. They had a few. They had a meltdown in the middle of the year last year between their general manager and their coach. And everyone's like, who's going to stay? Who's going to go? And they end up re-signing both of them to long-term deals. It's like, hold on. You had like five wins last year with Andrew Luck. You're going to re-sign both. You like what these guys are doing? You like the... So the Joe managers come out and said that he can't afford a defense because he's paying Andrew Luck too much. Well, he gave Andrew Luck that contract. And the reason they can't afford it is because he gives shitty contracts to like Frank Gore and Andre Johnson and a bunch of defensive players who we paid way too much for. Like what a dumb thing to say too. It's just <laughs> like, Oh, so you either made a mistake giving him the money or you can't build a defense or wait, there seem to be like 10 other teams in the NFL who have elite quarterbacks that are making a shitload of money that still compete on defense. It doesn't yeah, it's, make sense. It's, it's like, he's talking to people like they're, you know, three year olds. Yeah. Well, you can't have the good defense if you have the expensive quarterback. Then why do you want the expensive quarterback? (laughs) Like, if that's true, which it isn't, why do you want the expensive quarterback? So anyway, the Colts are shitty. Then we go on the road for three weeks in a row. Um, Titans, garbage. Washington, garbage. Eagles, uh, interesting. I thought thought the Redskins turned it around and had four straight wins. Mm. I don't know. Yeah, I think they did. I can look it up. Not yeah, who cares? Doesn't matter. No, they just lost to Detroit. They lost to Detroit yeah, yesterday. Twenty I think they I think they won four straight. Okay, but, they just lost to Detroit yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Say no more. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I uh <laughs> I just Googled Redskins and one of the predetermined searches for me was Redskins coach pees in a cup. Don't click on that. Yeah, I, I didn't. I wouldn't click on that. 
but like, they, they haven't done it. it. There's no reason to believe that they would be any better than they have been. You know, the last couple of years, like they haven't made Redskins any. coach. Redskins coach photographed urinating on sideline during the Lions what, game. What did we say? Don't because there's because there's no there's no TV cameras there. Hey, you, if you gotta go, you gotta go, man. If you, you know? can't, if you can't coordinate your pee breaks around a football game, how are you hoping to coordinate an entire NFL team, a roster, and a game plan? I don't understand that. Okay. I mean, that's part of your problem. You can't even figure out when you go pee. Although that has to be a shitty feeling. Like, if you have, he must have had to pee so bad. Yeah. But you're, you're the head coach on the sidelines of a football game. He's an assistant coach, apparently. Oh, okay. Well, that's yeah. worse. I, that's not, just disappear. <laughs> no, coach. Yeah, headset, headset went he's out. He's hiding. He's not like hanging her out. But headset went out. So <laughs> yeah. anyway, uh, yeah, that's hilarious. Those games get progressively harder. I think Titans, uh, Washington, uh, Philadelphia. Philadelphia just beat the Vikings, so the Vikings have a loss now, which is good, and they looked like shit doing it. So who knows? Then, uh, then we host the Texans, who are in that AFC South, and or yeah, AFC South, and that's not just not a good league generally. Um, then we host the Seahawks, which will be a challenging game. Although, didn't they just go to a six-six tie last night? They yeah. did. I fell yeah. asleep during that, and Russell Wilson cannot move. Right. Barely. Yeah, I he mean, broke his fucking guy. leg. I saw the play where yeah. he got hurt, and then he played the next week, and it was like, uh, it was, yeah, I don't, I mean. You take a year off, man. Yeah. It's It was ugly, yeah. yeah. Texans are 4-2 and two right now, I just saw, and the Redskins are 4-3. Well, I think they've played Tennessee and the Colts twice. Oh. So, so like, <laughs> I, 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 I mean, don't quote me on that, but I, I feel like yeah, it's. Like, let me see what they've actually done here. Well, they've got no they beat, J.J. Watt. Well, they beat the Bears in week one. They beat the Chiefs. They lost to the Patriots 27 to nothing on national television. Then they beat the Titans, lost to the Vikings, got their butts kicked by the Vikings, and beat the Colts. So they haven't done shit except beat the Chiefs, which who knows what that's worth. Well, um, they're kind of like us. Uh, kind of. The thing about the NFL, the season's so damn long, these things end up getting figure, figured out. Um. So then, um, Texas Seahawks, then at the Bears, then end the season with the Vikings at home, and then at the Lions. So, assuming we haven't played the Lions yet, so, or, yeah, we beat no, the we Lions. Did. Yeah, we, did. we beat the Lions 34-27. Sorry. Uh, so, uh, we, we get the Bears again, we get the Lions again, we get the Titans, we get the Texans, um... And then, you know, so there's a few wins right there. And then if we can, you know, the Vikings have lost now. We have our chance to beat them and get it back on top. But the schedule isn't as easy as it seemed preseason, I think, because the Falcons are better, uh, the Eagles are better than people thought. That's amazing uh, the right there. Are better. So we'll see. Yeah, I think the Vikings have the chink in the armor that's going to start to spread. It's – they had like – Combined, the Eagles and the Vikings had, like, five turnovers in the first quarter. And I think the Vikings gave up six sacks in that game. So, yeah, I, I think that's that's right. Like, it's um, it's only a matter of time before people go, oh, we just have to get to Sam Bradford. I forgot that that was Sam Bradford back there. Like, you know, <laughs> if, you, if you can just get in his face, he sucks and gets hurt. You know, and then... I guess then they go to Joel Stavi or something. So, um, and as a Badger fan, good luck with Joel Stavi in the NFL. But, uh, I mean, I, I like the kid. He's a warrior, but uh, he plays about ha- about a quarter of the games. Um, he ends up actually showing up. So, yeah. Uh, you know, we kind of hold, you know. Yeah, he could go either way at this point. My fourteen and two is still in play. My, my prediction for fourteen and two. How do you guys a super Super Bowl appearance, right? I had Super Bowl super appearance, Bowl. yeah. Yeah. And you guys had Super Bowl victory. 
I, I, I had 12 and 4, I think. Which doesn't feel like there's quite enough padding, given the circumstances. But I have 14 and 2. There's no padding. They have to win no every padding. game. <laughs> yeah. Their next You're loss can be in there. February. They can't lose until February for me to be right. (laughs) (laughs) How amazing would that be? I tell you, you know, Facebook has those. um, They give you your on-this-date posts, you know, from the past. And every year at about this time, I get, and I'll probably have it in uh, in a few days here, I get a post from right before my daughter was born, and I said, I've had it with Mike McCarthy. I can't carry this guy's water anymore. He can't coach his way out of blah, blah, blah. He's had all the chances he can need. Blah, 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 Sure enough, like, uh, my daughter was born. The Packers rolled over the Cowboys and the Vikings and went on to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, oh. Uh, so I've, like, been at the point where I'm like, the game's passed you by, Mike. Uh, you, you just you can't do it anymore. It's embarrassing what you're rolling out there, and he's turned it around. He's done it like two or three times, and I have like documentation. And it shows up in my newsfeed on Facebook every year, uh, and a couple to- a couple different times. So I'm of the belief that him and Rogers, they've done it. They know how to do it, and they it's just something in their process that they have to tweak to make better. Um, and with Thompson, I'm not even worried about Ted Thompson. He's one of the best GMs in the league, and you just need to leave the guy alone. He's somewhere on the autistic spectrum, and you just need to leave him alone and let him keep drafting awesome players. And all this talk about you need to sign more free agents or do this and that and the other, it's like, that's, that's, he has focus, and he has an understanding of how he wants to build his team, and he executes it. And he's a great scout underneath it all. So, like, I have no problem with Ted Thompson. I hope he stays around forever. That's my. That that's might my be head. difficult. Huh? That might be difficult. For, for him to stay around forever. Robo Ted Thompson. Yeah, it seems he, he seems like the type of guy that will. Maybe he is a robot. It wouldn't be surprising, right? He's so expressionless. Like it, he it, traded it, Brett Favre. Yeah, and he didn't. <laughs> really crack any emotion during that whole thing. No, but that was his nothing. most intense period of media scrutiny, and he still never broke at any point. Now I never hear from the guy, which is exactly how well, I want it to be. You know? well, Matt, you and me heard him give a talk on scouting. Well, we, we the... were there at the Packer Fan Fest, like, in the same room that Favre announced his retirement, like a yeah. few weeks later. Right, yeah, but he gave that he it, as an emergency because the guy who was going to do it had to go have a baby or something, and uh, but he gave the talk on scouting and he was, you could tell that he was some sort of football genius. He's like a like savant, just, like he just yeah. He the only thing, but he, but he also like once or twice he cracked a joke and smiled. Gosh, I don't believe I don't believe you. No, it happened. We were there. in like the second row, and I can barely remember that. I just remember because Aaron Rodgers came out too, yeah, and he was there. And then I kept the one thing I do remember is there was a, a Green Bay staffer, and this what year was that? It was whenever Favre retired the first, like for real, yeah, eight. the first time, oh eight, oh seven, yep. And eight. so we were at Fan Fest, and we just decided to plop down like in the second or third row of, right in the middle of this press conference. They had all these different people coming in over the course of the, and there was one staffer who was running around kind of tending to people getting in the right places and you and he looked like to be about uh late mid late 20s mid 20s yeah. and he had a super bowl ring yeah which meant he had been there since 96 so he had been with the packers for at least 10 years yeah. and he looked like he was younger than i was or about my age and like um that made me insanely jealous yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's just right around the super bowl ring but yeah, Aaron, A-Rod came out and people were asking him questions about, okay, you're the quarterback of the Packers now. What do you think? This is like a week after Favre retired. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he actually seemed like he didn't really care that much about football. Speaking of which, 
can we talk a little bit about his on-field mannerisms? It's not cool, man. Yeah. That you got to pick up your teammates sometimes. You can't just be a pissy bitch after every play. Yeah, look. I mean, look how well that worked for Jay Cutler. Well, but the, very yeah, different the kinds is, of pissy bitches, but but still the same thing. Like you got to like the Tom, is Tom Brady. Rogers wins a lot of games, and he right he executes, and you wouldn't see him just sitting on the bench with his head down and a hoodie on. Ever can you imagine? Like when he's not on the field, he's he's either engage with someone, like going over plays or whatever they do, or he's standing up and he's watching the defense work. Like, he's there and engaged in the football game, even when he's not playing, you know. Um, yeah. The thing about Cutler is he... He, he checks a, out. Yeah, he does, I think so. But anyway, back, back to Rodgers. He, he, like, every great quarterback, at one point or another, throws a pass, the guy drops it, he shows a little frustration, he says, come on, step up, we got to make a play. That's fine every once in a while, even half the time. It's every time with Rodgers, though. It, it, he gets this, like, prima donna whiny, you know, oh, come on, like showing his teammates. I, I, That bothers me, man. Like It bothers me, too. And if I wasn't such a Packers fan, it, I would hate him because of that. I'd be like, who the, who the hell are you, man? I mean, yeah, okay, you're an awesome quarterback, but these are your teammates. And they that guy's that, shit. that guy's running, looking at a football, running at full speed, trying to catch it with 250-pound men trying to hit him. You know? At full speed. Like, you got to have some fucking respect for that. And especially when you're not putting the ball where it needs to be. Um, yeah, because he, he le- he'll lead people into, I mean, Favre did it all the time, and someone called him out for it, one of his receivers over the years said that he leads receivers into places where they're going to get their heads chopped off. Um, and Rogers puts his, does a lot of 50, 50 stuff. Does a lot of thing where people have to compete for the football. And when it doesn't work out his way, he looks like a, a whiny asshole. <laughs> so, he does, but then he goes and totally redeems himself by wearing the big Lebowski sweater. <laughs> That's that true. was pretty. The uh, big Lebowski was sweater good. was pretty good. Yeah, but that was money. He, he has to be careful though, just as like, and not even this isn't even a, a, a commentary on his quarterbacking skills, but he is a uh, celebrity. You know, he's a media personality, and he makes uh, he's going to make a hundred million dollars or more in his career and. Uh, he needs to be aware of what his smirk signifies to other people because he smirks pretty much constantly. And it can be a kind of endearing Dennis the Menace gunslinger. This guy's really good and he knows it and that's awesome and we love him thing. Or it can be the type of thing you want to slap off a guy's face. <laughs> and he's he's pushing that envelope, even for people that are Packers fans, I feel like. Yeah, the on-field stuff is tiresome. I'm with you. Don't like to see it. But what do you say? I mean, nobody's going to say anything to him. Maybe that's why he's had a shitty fucking year. I mean, it's been a calendar year, and he's been... I mean, this year, people have run the numbers, and he's in the bottom five. of Like, he's not even a replacement-level quarterback this year. We could have one of those guys that played quarterback for the Bears, according to the numbers... This year, and they'd be, we'd be, they'd be just as good. Knowing as much as we know, which isn't much, about what's actually happening, it does. It feels to me like the wheels are kind of off the wagon, and Aaron Rodgers can do whatever Aaron Rodgers wants to do, and it's not going super well. But nobody has the ability to correct that situation. I hope that's not true because like. that's. I mean, that's how it was at the end of Mike Sherman's time with Favre. Yeah. And they yeah. gave him his own room in the locker room, and in press conferences, it was pretty much like Favre was the offensive coordinator, and he had like all of a sudden he was spouting off about personnel decisions, and Sherman was letting him, and like you know, like it was, 
that's not good. That's never good. I mean, you never hear Tom Brady, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, say shit about personnel or anything. You know, like you—you you never get the idea that he has. Um, I mean, he because I, I, everyone because everyone just knows he runs the shit. Like he's in charge of the Tom Brady Corporation, which is being the quarterback of the team. Like, oh, oh, shit, I don't know. I think why, why did our quarterback right suddenly get so? Sh- why did our elite best ever quarterback suddenly get shitty for a year? That's weird. We're just no, you know, we're just spoiled. We just need to. We're shut spoiled. Up. We, we are spoiled. Need, we just but need to. His on-field stuff is the only thing that really bothers me. The after-the-play stuff. Yeah. He always says the right thing. He's very calculated with his words. He's smart, but I just wish he could keep his emotions and the the pissiness in check a little bit when somebody drops a ball. Yeah, it's no. just not fun to. It's as a, as a viewer, it's not fun to watch the game. And then, yeah, it's joyless. Because it, then they, they cut back inevitably to him. Because they know, the producers know, he's going to be throwing a little fit. And I don't want to see that. I want to see the team, because you know they spend so much time together, and they practice so hard, and they work together, and they, to some extent, believe in one another and stuff. That's what you want to see. You want to see a good team on the field. You know, a team that works together. That's enjoyable, mm-hmm. you know. Like... When they're not playing well, and and you have to see the quarterback acting like that, it's not, it's not as much fun. Anyway, okay, we've said our piece. That's our hot take. Hot take. On Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> wow, you guys sounded remarkably similar there. Hot take. 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 All right. Um, what else do we want to touch on from uh, that game? <laughs> Was there a, was there an email? Uh, just the just one you already read did from from Jim. Yeah, I, was, I meant from the Bears. Uh, from the Bears game, I don't think so. Hey Ty, what'd you have to eat? Um, at the Bears game, uh, or at the uh, the Dallas game, had uh, had a had a, a brat. I got her mother a, a foot long brat and a tall boy Miller Lite. which was interesting. Which is phallic uh, for your mom. We well we. Dude, shut up, Jesus, dude! And uh, uh, <laughs> fuck, dude! She's gonna listen to this. That's great, <laughs> man. Uh, it's a. Br- it was, it, and then, uh, then uh, <laughs> just move on. You couldn't get yeah. you couldn't get her cheese uh, curds in the draft. Bears beer. game. I don't remember what I had to eat. Uh, no. um, I'm sorry. I had some. You can't remember what you ate. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't because I, I ate dinner before I went, and so I had some peanuts there and a couple couple two tree beers. Okay, uh, so you're getting that's okay. That's what you had then. We got there. Yeah, yeah. A couple two tree. Yeah, a couple two tree of them, you know. I hear you. Um, that works. Yeah. What were your favorite commercials from the game? Oh, the vintage Miller Lite commercial by far. John Madden. That was, was good. It was nice that to was see just, it just play. That made, that made just like it made me happy too. Just like you, just I don't know, man. I feel like I've seen it a thousand times, and I probably have, but it's so cool. Well, I was checking our emails here, and we don't have any new ones for the um, bear game. And I misquoted Jim in his cowboy game email, and I feel bad about that. Oh. His actual, email, his actual email didn't have any salutations and simply read, well, that was crap, period. So, <laughs> so yeah. it was... Either way. <laughs> pool, pool or pond. Yeah, pond would be good right, for you. Ty, do you have to go? Yep. All right. We're going to bid adieu to Ty. Bye, Ty. Okay, goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. Hey, see you later, Ty. Goodbye, Ty. I never have anywhere to go, so... Goodbye. Yeah, neither, neither do I. Um, let me see. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, any, anything else uh, about the game you want to talk about, Mark, that we, that we missed or that we didn't cover uh, in our second go-round? I can't remember what we talked about, to be honest with you. 
Yeah, neither can I. Big game, big game from Devontae Adams. Nice to see. Yeah, uh, ten was, plus catches, hundred plus yards, two plus TDs. First time in Lambeau Field history, uh, which is surprising. Yeah, I, and I don't know if we talked about it or not, but I hope that's not the last we saw of Eddie Lacy. Perhaps with him, you know, finishing the year in IR, we have an opportunity to pick him up cheap next year, you know, on a prove me kind of contract. So, yeah, perhaps not. But uh, I, I thought he was gutsy two weeks ago and fan favorite, deservedly so. Um, so hopefully we see more from Eddie Lacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and Devontae Adams might be his coming out game. Yeah, I. The physical tools are there, and I think maybe it was part of a maturation process. And uh, I mean, he makes some—he's made some really amazing catches. It's just—it seems like the ones that he screws up on are the gimmies, you know. So mm-hmm. that does seem like it's kind of a head thing, because it's not a talent thing with him. Mm-hmm. So hopefully he uh, builds on this one, and and because uh, he's a big, big physical target, and he has speed. Um, so if he stays healthy and he and Rogers stay on the same page. They could do some damage. Mm-hmm. So that was nice to see. Um, Gunter and Goodson as starting cornerbacks will take us how far? Oh, oh God. <laughs> Goodson. <laughs> yeah, I, I felt like they were better without Goodson the first four weeks when Goodson came back against the Cowboys. But, you know, I guess at this point they're on the team for a reason. Somebody saw enough in them to give them a roster spot. It's time to trust the coaches. Time to trust Dom. And hopefully Micah Hyde, Morgan Burnett, and Ha Ha pick up the slack. That's what I think. What do you think of the Thursday night color rush uniforms? I thought the Bears looked badass. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the um, the Packers, when they were running, I thought they looked just fast. I thought... <laughs> The I white looked, on white. Yeah, and maybe it was just the refresh rate on my TV or something, but it looked like they were flying. <laughs> um, but when they were standing still, I just thought they looked completely ridiculous. So Yeah, I, they, uh, those uniforms looked a lot like um, the Badgers, uh, Wisconsin Badgers road uniforms, which are white pants, white jerseys, and white helmets. That's just not a and good it, look. Yeah, it looks – white pants are bad. Like, get some – I know you can't do it. The Badgers can't do it because it looks like Ohio State. But like some gray pants, or some. I mean, even the gold pants kind of suck, but they're better than the white pants. Yeah, I hate the yellow pants that the Packers wear all the time. I've never liked them. Yeah, me neither. Uh, but I thought that was an opportunity to go all green. Uh, I yeah, I would have really loved cool. to have seen all green. Yeah. I wouldn't even been mad at them if they would have gone like green pants, green jerseys, with gold numbers. Yeah. That would have been different and weird looking. Which would have been, been a little weird. But Matt, but then the Bears the would have had to gone with the all-white, which who cares? They're the yeah. Bears. And they're on the road. Yeah. I suppose you can't have two dark colors opposing. Is that mm-hmm. it? Is that yeah. It? Oh, okay. But, like, who cares? They're on the road. They should they should have to wear the white on white. Yeah, they should have to adjust. I, I thought green on green would have looked awesome. I agree. And especially when you're the only team in the NFL that has a color in their name. It was just, that's what I said. What's the name of the city? Yeah. Green Bay. So, yeah, I thought they looked kind of ridiculous. Did you did you see that? Uh, I sent you a text of the Clay Matthews thing when he was wearing the color rush uniforms, and they said that he looked like a combination of, oh, God, I can't even remember what it was, but the other half of it was Hanson. <laughs> like he was in the band Hanson with his yeah. blonde hair flowing out the back. Yeah. It's like 80s, like aerobic workout uniform just looked bad mm-hmm. didn't like it we spent so much time i was sort of scrolling through texts here from the last couple games and um we look like shit like as in like i give up this team is awful for almost the entirety of the cowboys game and the first half of of this game too i mean like it was dismal we looked dismal and that's that sucks because our defense is actually holding together and being healthy and playing as a team and not being bad and the nfl what you try to do is you build an offense that can compete every year and you just 
try to catch that year where your defense is playing well. And we kind of have that year where our defense is playing well, with the exception of the secondary. But I just feel like we're wasting our defensive line play this year. You know, in the last year of Julius Peppers and another year of Clay Matthews and, you know, all, all these guys along the defensive line who are playing awesome. Like, I feel like we're yeah. wasting it. And It feels so much more like that because we have Aaron Rodgers who just isn't putting it all together. He's a below-average quarterback. I mean, the if second we half had Brian Hoyer, bit. yeah, if we had Brian Hoyer, we wouldn't have those same conversations in-game. Because you know that we've got the Ferrari of quarterbacks, mm-hmm. you know. We've seen what he's somewhere doing in there. We're spoiled. Yeah, and but, but honestly, is, it's not even that. It's like in the Cowboy game, he missed wide open receivers, like guys running free. That he just need, and he did it again in in the Bear game too. There were a few, even the touchdown passes that he made more difficult by where he threw it. It used to be that he'd make it easier by where he threw it, you know, and put it through this window where only one person could catch it. How to even get it there and that sort of thing. And like now it's the opposite. It's going the other way. He's making things harder for the receivers. He just needs to settle down and stop worrying about the out of the pocket stuff. Yeah. Like let that happen, but spend your time, Preparing and training for the in the pocket throws. <laughs> Excuse me. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens when you try to hold in a burp. <laughs> it just doesn't work. It comes up. Yeah, that's getting out. <laughs> I'm coming out. <laughs> anyway. You can do this gracefully, or I can make this as awkward as possible. <laughs> you choose. Just keep trying to talk, jackass. <laughs> you just keep trying. Yeah, I do think it's it's a maybe not a, a mental thing only with Aaron, but the problems that we see that manifest themselves every week on offense are not physical problems. You know, we have a guy that can make all the throws. We've got guys that can run where they need to run. It's, it's, preparation. it's a coordination issue. Yeah, it's it's, it's in it, their heads. It's drilling it's teamwork. Yeah, I don't think the stuff with – I mean, everything you do as a quarterback is mental because if you've ever played Madden and you're just trying to, like, watch the field, there are some times where you see everything kind of break and you know what's happening and you throw the ball and you complete it. And there's other times where you just – you lose sight of the of what's going on. And that's just a video game. And in real life, it's it's probably similar in many ways that you – there are times when things are just falling in, and you feel like you see everything. So every part of it's going to be mental. But with Rodgers, I feel like a lot of it could be helped by just drilling whatever he did to get to be as accurate as he was in the past. You know, sit there and throw it through a tire or whatever absurdly expensive contraption they have to simulate a tire in their training complex. <laughs> Instead of just hanging the a tire tank. emulator. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, instead of having a tire that you could pick up off the side of the road, Packers, we'll sell you this for $5,000. Ooh, that'll make our quarterback really good. Yeah, let's get that. Um, yeah, but just whatever that is. Like, he needs to drill the on-time balanced throw and focus on accuracy versus the running for your life out of the pocket, someone breaks free and he hit Jory Nelson for 80 yards. Like... That will happen if you get the in-the-pocket stuff and the timing stuff. I mean, that's what Tom Brady I think what I think it is, is he's such a cerebral player that I think he's reached a point where he, and of course this is pure speculation, but I think he's reached a point where he has like this paralysis of analysis where he knows so much, knows a little too much, and it's letting the game get away from him. And I think... McCarthy would be better served by breaking things down to the core and making things very simple and doing those high percentage West coast plays and running them and and not, not letting things develop to the point where he's got five, six, seven seconds to throw the ball because that's not what we need. Mm -hmm. When we were clicking, he was never holding onto the ball that long and teams aren't teams aren't bringing 
seven, eight guys anymore because that's when he would carve them up because they would, they'd bring the house out, Aaron, he uses feet, he'd get out and then there would be somebody wide open because everybody was chasing his ass. But now everybody's sitting back waiting for him to make a throw. So it's, it's this game of cat and mouse. And I think McCarthy's got to put him in a position where he can just make high percentage throws. Yeah. And I, I mean, think at this point, yeah. it's like when you talk about Belichick Brady, it's a tandem when you, and it's the same with the other great sort of tandems in league history. Like it's, McCarthy Rogers and they have to come together between the two of them and figure out a plan and figure out what they have to train and, and prepare to do to execute that plan and then do it. And, um, we've talked about this ad nauseum. They need the timing stuff. They need the quick stuff. They need the stuff that works in tempo with the offense and not rely on this breakaway, get out of the pocket bullshit. And like you, when you you can read stuff on the internet about people like Rogers is struggling. What does he need to do? Well, his out of the pocket efficiency is off the charts, and they need to roll. No, you don't need to roll him. You don't need to do that shit. You just need to uh, figure out the plays that are going to work on a certain defense, scheme it up, and execute those plays. I mean, that's what the Patriots do every week. And Tom Brady cannot physically do what Aaron Rodgers can do as far as running. And he might not. He doesn't have as good an arm either. But that's the amazing part of it. He, the physical uh, tools. Aaron's in his. He's in his prime. Yeah, and and he's shown that he's way more athletic than Brady in, in almost every way. Um, he just and he's a smart guy, so he just needs to be as cerebral as that team is out there, instead of relying on this running around stuff. Which in the back of their head, they kind of have. Become-
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+ plus. terms and conditions apply. See website for details.